Happy Valentine's Day, Autumn. I gave her a rectangle gift wrapped in butcher paper, hand-decorated with pop art and comic-inspired line drawings. It was my first year of college at a local community college. My first taste of freedom like a 15-year-old chugging a wine cooler in a game room basement. I didn't make friends easily, primarily because I didn't know what people on the outside of my environment were like or how to relate to them. But I had made a few, and the best of them was Autumn. That February, she gave me and her other friends a stuffed animal and a chocolate box. I wanted to give her something as well, but I also believed I had a duty to proselytize to her, or I had failed my role as a Christian. So I wrapped up a copy of The Great Controversy by Ellen White, decorating the wrapping myself, and gave it to her as a valentine. She was so gracious and I had a glorified satisfaction that I had saved Autumn forever, another win for the remnant. This is Girl Found. My departure from high school was unceremonious, no graduation, no march, no cap or gown or graduation photos, just a quiet end to a silent four years. I had a great desire to go to Southern Adventist University, the denominational university in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It had been hyped and advertised my entire childhood as the ultimate college experience. I knew people who were also going to attend Southern was not only the status quo, but the status statement for any Adventist young person. But at the time I was entering college, my older brother was figuring out his freedom too, and Eric and Amory blamed Southern for many of his poor choices. It was Southern's fault, and there was no chance in hell they'd let another one of their children be ruined by the worldly influences of higher education. My one option was community college. I applied for a comprehensive scholarship for piano performance, auditioned and received it, and declared a nursing major with a music performance minor. I took 19 credit hours the first semester and 21 the second. I suddenly had a car, a place to be that justified my being absent from home, surrounded by people who represented a more accurate cross-section of society than I had ever experienced and a chance to be anyone I wanted. It was painfully obvious that I was different. My gender dysphoria was greater than it had ever been. My clothes were ill-fitting. I barely knew how to talk to people. Two primary developments came from these changes and realizations. I discovered the world of Amazon Prime streaming and spent every moment between classes watching something. I started to feel like I had a concept of the world, as I watched more content that had been kept from me. It was as much an education to prepare me for success in the world than the classes I was taking. The second was that I was determined to make friends and have some kind of existence outside the fire blanket of my existence before. I couldn't talk to people without making a complete fool of myself, so instead I learned card tricks from YouTube videos and would show them to strangers in the cafeteria. It is exactly as horrifying as it sounds. Caroline laughed when she heard this, in a sympathetic way, of course. 
She said, Hi, my name's Evan. Would you like to see a card trick? And that's exactly what it was. I got a lot of weird looks, a lot of refusals, and then something really cool happened. I walked to a crowded table and repeated this routine, and everyone at the table acted completely dumbfounded and amazed. Zack, one of them called over to another table. You have to see this guy's card tricks. That was the last day I sat by myself. I met Zack, Nathan, Brian, another Evan, Taryn, and Autumn, and so many others. A door had been unlocked out of absolute kindness, and in many ways those friends are reasons I'm still alive today. But there's always a twist, isn't there? All of this new freedom required increased secrecy. I got a new email address because Eric and Anne had the login information to all of my online presence. I went on a clandestine date with one of the new friends I was making, and it all came crashing down on my head. After spending three hours being questioned by Anne-Marie, only two questions she asked stick with me to this day. What else are you keeping from us? Are you doing drugs? And did you give her any STDs? No, Anne-Marie. We went putt-putting. But I will have you know I have definitely done drugs since you asked me. Six months later, I was in a compound with a hundred other young people who were being trained to be the cutting edge of Reformed Adventism, but a door had been cracked. I'm so excited to share this week's interview with you. Talking with me today is Autumn Patterson, my dearest friend, sister, confidant, the very one that showed so much kindness to me in my chrysalis years. There's more to this story, so keep listening through this short break. Welcome back to Girl Found. This is Evan. Thank you so much for sticking through that short break. I'm so excited to be talking with Autumn today. Um, Autumn has been one of my dearest and closest friends uh, as long as, well, I mean, for years now, um, for a really long time, and we've been through a lot of shit together, and I'm so excited to talk to her um, about my story and our story and how we've experienced it together. So thank you so much for joining me today, Autumn. I, I can't wait to talk with you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really excited for this. Awesome. So um, I'll just dive right in. Um, so this week, uh, we talked a little bit about um, my graduation from high school or lack thereof, really. And my first experience of, I guess, the real world um, at Wallace. I don't know that you could call Wallace the real world, but it was the first experience of not being sheltered and homeschooled that I'd ever experienced. Um, so can you tell me a little bit of the Wallace before I started um, school there, like the, the year that you were there before I was there, and kind of how you met um, the friend group that became my friend group? and um how how you became friends <laughs> that's actually a really funny story um so i just yeah 
pre that's a that goes way back um pre evan wallace um um let's see i had some guy randomly walk up to me and start talking to me in the courtyard um i had met no one yet i'd been there for months before i had met any friends Mm. um his name was taylor um he just started talking to me and texting me and so i kind of just hung out with his friends and stuff um and then i don't know just individually people just started amassing into that huge cafeteria group and then um (laughs) you know i knew hayden from uh from high school and so he popped in and so that's how a few other people popped in um i really don't know how taryn fit into that but um or zach really i don't know it's all a blur i would just come in and people would be there Uh, (laughs) and um so that's how that's how i met taryn and zach and nathan and um just all of those incredible people um so and then yeah and i don't know um you coming in and and popping into that group definitely added a really special element to it um Taryn and Carissa and I we still talk about you and and we miss you um so yeah it was um I don't know everyone was goofy but I I definitely Mm -hmm. think you added to it I still I still have a picture of when we were in my office and people were in a cow suit and you were in a gorilla head (laughs) and (laughs) oh my god can you please send that to me because I don't think I have those pictures anymore yes it's they're buried deep in my Instagram or my Facebook or something (laughs) but I have them and I'll find them I found them months ago and it just cracked me up I don't even remember why you guys were in my office in a monkey head (laughs) and a cow outfit but I don't know but I can guarantee it was Zach's idea you can guarantee it was Zach's idea. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I don't know who was Brian Michaelak and uh, mm-hmm. and Alec Godwin. They were in there too, mm-hmm. so uh-huh. I'm sure they had something to do with it too. But oh, I'm sure they did. And uh, like most things, they were probably like Evan. You got to do this with us. Yes, and I just remember you having the biggest smile on your face. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, well, it felt so good to be included in something, <laughs> even if it was goofy. Yeah, I remember at first you were a little shy. And I think during the Wallace times, you were always, even though you were, you always had the warmest smile on your face, you were always so friendly. Um, and even like, I, I think there was always this, um, I don't know, I just picked up on this, um, you were very still reserved. Um, not that you were uncomfortable, um, but you were just still very shy, even though mm-hmm. you weren't shy, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So. so well, it's yeah. interesting. It's interesting that um, that the friend group kind of existed e- even before. I mean, it, it's interesting that it, started out as a group of people who didn't fit in with each other 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that. I always assumed that I was the odd one out that everybody just kind of adopted and brought into the, the circle. Um, I didn't realize there was originally a group of people who didn't have any other friends. And that makes me feel really special that I was a part of something that was originally a group of people who didn't fit. Yeah, I think that's what's so special about our group. And and to be honest, I really only talk to Taryn and Carissa now um, mm. from the group on a consistent basis, um, just because of the stuff that has happened with uh, me and Nathan. Mm. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. um but yeah, our, our group was really special in that way. And it didn't matter who you were, what the color of your skin was, you know, what your orientation was. Um, they just loved you and they just accepted you. Mm-hmm. And I, I embraced that full force. And, you know, regardless mm-hmm. of if we talk or not, they will all hold a very special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you know how I joined that friend group? You know what? To be honest, I don't know how a single person joined <laughs> that French group other than me. Well, it's actually a funny story um, that I talk about in the first part of this episode, but I wanted to refresh your memory because to me it's still so funny, but yet so cringy at the same time. Um, so I had been there for months at Wallace and not made any friends. And I had just started watching YouTube card tricks and I can't remember the main guy's channel that I would watch, but I started watching these card tricks and I was like, Ooh, I know how to do that. I, I, and I started like breaking down his card tricks. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I need to meet more people. So I started learning them and I would go up to random people in the cafeteria and I'd be like, Hey, you want to see a card trick? (laughs) and and most of the time people would just look at me like who is this dweeb um which is a very good question uh but eventually I ended up walking up to the table where um Evan Skipper and Zach and uh probably Brian were all sitting Mm -hmm. and And I was like, hey, you want to see a card trick? (laughs) And they're like, dude, yes. And so I did my tricks for them. And they were like, oh, let's see another one. Let's see another one. And I spent like all morning doing card tricks for them. That is so cute. And I can can see all of their faces. (laughs) Yes. And they would just keep calling over other people from other tables to come see these card tricks. (laughs) And... And I, from that day forward, I always sat with them. And I think it was the very next day that they called you over to, to meet me. And it, I mean, I feel like it was instant where we were just inseparable best friends after that. Yes. Oh my gosh. I feel, I feel like in part of my brain, I remember that, but I also have this habit where I feel like, you know, I can, I can not make situations up in my head, but, mm. you know, I just, I don't know. I, I feel that so strongly in your story does sound really familiar. And I, oh. I fully, um, I don't know. I feel, I don't, I don't know. 
<laughs> I'm just I'm lost on memory lane right now. <laughs> yeah. But, I yeah. Feel that. I don't know. I um I remember meeting you and um and I I do like you said it was kind of an instant like inseparable thing. Like we don't mm-hmm. talk a lot, but I just you know, you've always from the moment I met you held a really special place in my heart. You know, it's mm. just you can tell when someone has a very genuine soul and you definitely do. Oh, thanks. So. Sorry, I'm awkward because I don't know how to accept compliments. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, Dylan and I actually had this conversation last night. It took him about eight months to realize that he just ignores me whenever I try to give him a compliment. <laughs> but he gets so mad if I don't hear his. <laughs> that sounds about right. Um, so can you talk a little bit about getting to know me? This is a very odd interview. I've never had this kind of conversation with somebody before, but I kind of want to hear someone else's perspective about such a volatile time in my development. You know, what did you see from the outside of this reserved, shy, awkward homeschooler trying to figure out where they fit in life? Yeah. Um, let's see. So the biggest things that stand out to me really are, um, you never, you never came across as awkward ever. I mean, I think out of everyone in the group, you were definitely the sweetest by far. You, um, and I don't know, you just, you never, you never came off as awkward. Like I said, you did come off as a little, reserved um maybe Mm -hmm. like you said um maybe it was that you were trying to learn how to fit in since you were homeschooled um but that never hindered your ability to make friends or smile or make somebody laugh or be sweet to them um I remember, though, and this is really sweet, um, you gave me, I don't know if you remember this, but you gave me stuff for Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember that. I remember it being really sweet because the last time someone gave me something for Valentine's Day, I was in like seventh grade. (laughs) And my crush gave me this little teddy bear. Um, But yeah, so other than my parents, you're the first, it was just so sweet that you were so thoughtful enough. Um, and it really meant a lot to me, and it's it's carried with me um, all these years. So, um, Do you remember what it was, though, that I gave to you? I remember it getting... It might be a little... What? It, it might be a little less sweet if you remembered what I gave you. Um, well, you get, you, I know you gave me a book. Yeah. And yeah, I was yeah. going to bring that up. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I do remember it being really sweet. <laughs> um, I think at some point, I don't think it was when you gave me the book, but you gave me this little like tiny box with like a couple chocolates in it too. Um, I don't mm. know if you remember that or not, but. No, I, I that had kind of been overshadowed by the religious book that I felt <laughs> necessary to give you for Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh yeah. That book was coming into play. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, so I remember that being super sweet. And then the book. Um, yeah, I no, I definitely I wanted I was going to bring up the book because I do think that it's um, 
interest it's an interesting piece um to talk about just with your journey through all of this um so i remember kind of reading the book and you never brought up or you know talked about different people's religions or stuff you you talked about you know a little tiny bit about you know your biological dad and why he was there and why you were there um um and then you you did you did come off very religious and when i saw the book i'm not gonna lie my first thought was is he not like is he trying to convert me but i was like what is he trying to say right now and um you know because at the, the time you you hadn't come out it wasn't until right a couple years ago um you know and so right. um <laughs> uh i was like he you know he's really sweet this isn't supposed to like come off badly so i don't think he's trying to convert me you know he probably just wants to have an intellectual conversation about this um kind of thing um but uh i don't think we actually ever had a, a discussion about the book um i don't think so either i did read it and i read so many books now that i'd have to go back and read it to have a discussion with you oh, wow. but um I had no idea you read it. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I'm not going to lie. It took me a, a bit to get through it because I would read it in between other books. But I did. Uh, um, and it was it was an interesting book. Um, but anyway, we're um, to get back to the story. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so to meet you, you did come off as like very religious, but you never like, you know, shoved it down people's throats or anything, which I think is part of the reason that I liked you. Um, you know, me growing up Catholic um, and having such a a rocky, you know, history with religion, I was very much not into religion at the time. Um, mm -hmm. So, and I, I think that's part of the reason you gave me the book. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm not sure. I guess I could ask you what your real intention was giving you the book. <laughs> I'm not sure I ever did. Well... <laughs> Well, it's funny because I was I was kind of right on the edge of figuring out where I was mm -hmm. religiously um, because I was still at a point where the only option for me was to be religious, mm -hmm. was to be Adventist. Um, and part of that was a responsibility and a necessity to proselytize. Mm -hmm. And... I cared about you a lot at the time. I was very close with you. And one of the reasons I gave you the book was because I felt it necessary that if we were to continue being close and being friends, that it was my responsibility to share religion with you. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you mentioned not shoving it down people's throats. Um, that was because even though that's how I had been taught to handle it with other people, I was already embarrassed by Adventism, uh, at the time I was already realizing that it had a lot of problematic, um, elements to it. And I realized that a lot of the ways that people handled sharing it with other people was really toxic and really damaging. Mm -hmm. And so I was caught in this catch-22 of, oh, I have to share this with her, 
like I, I have to evangelize, mm-hmm. but at the same time, wow, this is really embarrassing. And the way that most people do that is really cringy. So I thought the best way to do that would be to give you a book. And then if it was something interesting to you, great. If it wasn't, then I'd done what I needed to do. <laughs> um, and in a way, in this sense, so sad, I, in a way I felt justified in us continuing to be friends now that I had given you the book. Like, okay, I've done what I have to do. Now it's okay that we continue being friends. Mm-hmm. And that's so sad and so dangerous but that's kind of where I was coming from. Like I couldn't feel justified in being your friend until I had made some effort to convert you. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, It is a, um, I have friends of every different religion um, and it's, it's a topic that, you know, comes up a lot. So I figured that's, that's what it was. Um, Taryn had a much less subtle approach than you did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when she did it <laughs> but um, <laughs> um she was pretty much like I want to be your friend but like you're going to hell <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah <laughs> um yeah well, that that was the environment and the culture that I come from was I want to be your friend but you got to know that you're lost and you're going to hell yeah and you know I think um with religion, I understand the importance of, you know, you wanting to, like, people wanting to educate others because they care for them and, and care for their soul. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I do think it's important. And so I never try to, you know, push people away when they come to me with stuff like that. Um, I was probably a lot less receptive and came a little more, came off a little more gruff back then about it. But um, I do think that's important. <laughs> I do think that is a, a problem with religion, though, is um, that they just put so much pressure um, on people. I, I feel like for that reason, mm. um, you know, like you, you felt like you had to do it, you know, in order to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of be faithful and, you know, be true to your religion and still, you know, be a friend and and I think that's sad, but I mean, I, I do see the importance of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, um, I wanted to ask you a couple about a couple of memories that I have and wondering if you remember this or the, the aftermath of them both. But do you remember that time that we all got together and watched Frozen at, um, was it Athens Place? Ooh, um... I don't, I didn't go to that. (laughs) And I'm not going to lie. I didn't go to that because of where it was at. (laughs) Oh, okay. um, Yeah. I don't I think I was either invited last minute and decided not to go or, um, Mm. or I wasn't invited to that. Um, Oh, I wasn't friends with everybody in in that group. (laughs) Oh, see, I didn't realize that was a dynamic that was going on. Yes. Um, and I don't know who listens to these podcasts. So, you know, I, <laughs> I won't, I won't get into it because, you know, sure. This is about, you know, your podcast and your journey and um, stuff like that. So, um, okay. Yeah. But, well, um, what was your yeah. other one? 
Well, I was just going to say it was funny because that was kind of one of the first indications that I was having a different life than what I was expected to um, because I went to this group watching Frozen and it was a huge deal when I got back home that I had done this. And I was like, wait, so watching a Disney, fr- uh, Disney movie with friends is going to be a problem. Good to know. Um, uh, but at the same time, it's interesting that I was clueless to other dynamics happening, um, that I assumed that everybody would always get along with each other. And that's something I guess I learned Mm -hmm. later. I am interested. I am interested, um, why, why that was a bad thing or what, what Um, you, to this day, I'm not entirely sure. Oh, um, when I came, I, I don't remember how it was handled when I was going, but when I came back, there was a lot of arguments, um, back at home because I had, um, gone to this. Um, and I was like, I, I don't understand what the issue with this is. Um, I guess it would have been the content of the movie. I'm not entirely sure, honestly. I'm sure I knew at the time, but then again, it's possible that I didn't. It's possible that it was a problem and I didn't know why it was a problem. Everyone goes through a rebel phase. It's okay doing it to watch Frozen. I was going to say, if that's the worst my rebel phase was, (laughs) is watching Frozen with friends, I was doing pretty good. Sadly, that's not the worst my rebel phase um, ended up becoming. But, you know, it was a good start. (laughs) Um, So the second one um, was going on a date with Ellen. Do you remember this? I believe so, yes. And I don't think anyone gave me any details on this either. (laughs) So um, I remember that the family was out of town. Yeah, I was working at Flowers. I was going to school. And that was sorry, Flowers Hospital uh, in the emergency department Mm -hmm. for those who don't know the slang. Um, So I was working in the ER. Um, I was going to school at Wallace, um, both full time. Um, In fact, at this point, I think I was taking 21 credits from Wallace um, and working an average of 26 hours at Flowers. And that was my existence. That's all I did. Um, But I was an 18 year old kid who had a car for the first time and was making money for the first time. So like, what do you expect? Um, So I remember the family was out of town uh, for a weekend. And I remember basically an outcropping of the sensation of new freedom and at the same time, loneliness attached to that new freedom. I wanted to spend time with people and get to know them. And um, I, you know, they were out of town for the weekend. I had some free time. And at the same time, I'd been trying to get to know different people within our Wallace group because those were the only people I knew. And um, not going to lie, I had a huge crush on you. I don't know if you knew that. I suspected, Um, I suspected, but also (laughs) you were so sweet that I just, I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, but you had a thing with another one of our classmates um, that was no secret among all of us. <sighs> um, and so I was, you know, trying to get to know other people in the friend group. And um, Ellen had given me a lot of attention. And so I was like, well, maybe, maybe I could go on a date with Ellen. And it's, that's how juvenile and that's how simple and kind of immature, but also kind of sweet this whole situation (laughs) was. And to me, the, the extent of a date was like going to putt-putt. And so that's what we did. But I do remember this. (laughs) my family had such a firm grip on my existence that I had to turn off a tracker on my phone. It was called life 360. And that's how my father kept constant track of my location and who I was with and all of this stuff. So I had to turn that off and then I had to drive somewhere else and then to pot putt. And I remember us having a great time. I remember being so nervous that my father would figure out where I had been and what I had been doing that I was on edge the whole night, but I think we had a pretty good time. Um, and then during, I, I can't remember if it was at the end of the evening. I think it was, I think I was still with Ellen when my father called me and said, I know you're not at home. You need to come home. Where are you? And turns out he noticed that the tracker was turned off on my phone, sent the next door neighbor to knock on the door. And the next door neighbor told him that my car wasn't home and that none of the lights were on. And so then he called me to tell me I needed to come home. Um, So I remember it was embarrassing leaving Ellen and having to explain to her why. Mm-hmm. And I remember nothing was quite the same after that. Because, of course, she's like, well, who is this kid that his parents track everywhere that he is? Um, so I was wondering if you remember this. And if you remember any discussion among the group when I wasn't around afterwards. Because I'd be curious what insights <laughs> people had. Um And in general, more than that, did anybody talk about my home situation? Um, Did anybody talk about what they were noticing about me when I wasn't around? Yeah. So now that you bring this up, I can't believe how long ago this was. Um, I do remember this. um, And we did talk about it a bit while you weren't there. I know when you told us, you kind of like, you know, tip, you know, typical you, you kind of like laughed about it, you know, kind of like laughed it off and um you know mm-hmm. still set out the smile on your face kind of thing um but you could tell something was like slightly off um um but i remember like we did we um we did, we talked about how hard it must be for you to be you know the age you were and and for you being so mature I, I mean, I can't tell you I know anyone else that would one for 21 hours at a community college, um, but two also work a full-time <laughs> job with it. I mean, um, so to be in a situation like that where you also were 
monitored so strictly and, and treated, you know, like you were such a child. Um, we did. We, we felt we felt for you and we felt bad for you, um, you know, and we yeah. admired the fact that you still had the personality <laughs> that you did um, and such a straight head yeah. on your shoulders. Um, but I mean, no, no one ever really said anything, you know, bad. I mean, even even during that sure. time, I think for us, it, w- it was kind of hard for us to figure figure you out because, you know, mm. re- regardless of all that, you still spoke, you know, with such, you know, like you felt, you know, your family in such high regard, you know. Um, mm. So we just chalked it up to mm. you had a really super strict family and you just deal with it because you just love them and 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 that's what it is huh huh mm. that's really interesting thank you for sharing that that insight i've always been curious of course of course <laughs> and we're running out of time actually but i wanted to ask you about one more of thing, course and that is when i came out to you um the last time when i explained that i was starting transition and kind of the the reasoning behind that and the journey that I had been on to reach that point. Um, What was your reaction? Was this expected for you? Was it unexpected? Um, You know, how did you feel when I came out to you? I, for me, I was a, a little surprised. Um, Not much because you had come out to me before that saying, I believe that you were, you were bi. Um, So, Mm -hmm. I think it all, um, and to be honest, um, and I don't know if it's just because I'm, I I think I have some sort of like internal radar, but I think I always kind of picked up, um, on the fact that maybe, you know, your orientation is a little bit different or, you know, Mm -hmm. something, um, you know, not hugely, obviously I never thought of it really until you said something. Um, but I think, Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it made it a little less of a surprise. I know for me, I was, um, you just seemed so relieved. I remember asking, well, you know, who else knows? And you said, well, you know, I told one of my friends here and I told Caroline and, and, and you. And, um, Mm -hmm. so to me, it was, um, I was really proud of you for one, um, knowing the, the journey you had gone through. Um, but, um, I also, I felt bad because, you know, I, you must've been so scared and so nervous and, you know, this is a huge deal. And for you to really have not been able to tell anybody, um, Mm. I don't know, it, it just really made me feel for you. But, um, I, um, totally forgot what the question was <laughs> <laughs> um kind of if coming out to you was expected um if you were surprised or if, yeah if it was expected. yeah so I mean I was a, a little surprised just because I remember I was sitting at my kitchen table at my parents house um when you texted it to me and it was just um I I think more so it was surprising because it was such an out of the blue conversation um mm-hmm. so but 
Um, and obviously we hadn't talked about anything like that other than, you know, the previous conversation we had had, you know, you had, had come out as, as being mm-hmm. bisexual. Um, mm-hmm. But so, yes, I was I was a bit surprised, but also. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, I guess a part of me just just always knew in some way and I'm not saying I knew your orientation was was different than what you were portraying but um I don't know I think there's always just been something really special about you um and so whether or not I could put my finger on it I think it um I think it kind of um toned down the surprise a little bit I guess for lack of a better Mm. phrase right now um yeah but more more than being surprised I was just I was just really proud of you I was happy for you Mm. thanks but well thank you so much for talking with me today Autumn I really appreciate it um I hope this interview was as interesting to everybody else as it was to me it was fascinating um to hear kind of my experience through somebody else's eyes um and it's helped me get a lot of um clarity on such a weird time in my life um so yeah thank you so much for talking with me about it of course um thank you and I mean I won't I won't go on and on but I I do want to say um you've just grown so much to this journey from being shy and you've really grown and and your confidence is boosted and, and you found your voice and and you found it strong and I'm very, very proud of you for it. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And I can't wait to see you in a couple weeks. I can't wait to see you either. It'll be lots of fun. I know. Such a good reunion. Yes. I'm excited. I'm excited to meet Caroline too. Yeah. It'll be so good. Well, thank you again so much for joining us and uh, to all my listeners thank you for joining us this week for girl found in the coming week i hope you learn to find your voice as well i hope you take every opportunity to find your confidence your inner strength and your voice